Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott with you along with Cody Jansen on Oilers Now where guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 5 p.m. until close. Head on down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Ruth's Chris that Oilers now sent you. All right, pleased to be joined here by our headliner today for Touchback Safety. It's John Shannon and our headliner... uh, Touchback Safety, review your safety tickets today and get 15% off your course with promo code TRAINING2020 at touchbacksafety.com. Hello, John. How's it going today? Brendan, doing great. You? Excellent. Thank you. Curious what you were hearing from the NHL and the players uh, just with respect to what we saw on Thursday and Friday. And obviously that wasn't intended to just be a two-day, you know, attention-drawing event. What are are we looking at moving forward here that you've heard as far as how the NHL is going to proceed out of the holdouts from last week? Well, I, I think that's a great question, and, and it's, it's, it's really at this point, when you consider the, the teams have gone back to playing already, it's a, a work in progress. Uh, but the, the key thing in all of this is that I, I think we, be, we can believe uh, that there are going to be certain people that won't let this one die. I mean, won't uh, the, 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 the social uh, activity has to Im- improve, it has to continue. There's an awareness factor that has to happen. Uh, the NHL has put together a committee already that uh, Anson Carter is is part of, uh, in, a, in addition to the Hockey Diversity Advisory Group. Uh, so I, I think that you know this is not the end of anything. I think this is truly the beginning, but it's certainly a little too early to figure out how how it's going to happen and how people are going to have a certain amount of buy-in with it. So there's obviously an intent uh, by both sides to move forward in the same direction and to collaborate on this moving forward. But as of right now, and you know, I suppose that might uh, have play into the fact that we're in the middle of playoffs and coming up on conference finals. But as far as right now, we're not going to necessarily see you know an immediate impact per se. Is that sort of you know our best uh, our best guess right now? Well, I think we're still in the process of trying to figure out exactly what needs to happen. And, and um, unfortunately, Brendan, uh, there are still many people that aren't convinced that uh, there needs to be any action done at all. I, I think there are most people that are listening to the show or don't feel that way. Uh, but there are still a ton of people and you you know, you know, get it on social media, you see it every day, is that, uh, uh, that there are some people that don't think that there needs to be very much change which in many ways is a disappointment. I mean, case in point, uh, look, look what happened in, uh, in Dallas last week uh, after the two-day uh, protest uh, was that uh, the Dallas Stars lost some uh, corporate sponsors and lost some season ticket holders. Uh, and that, uh, you know, that, that leaves you shaking your head. But uh, it's disappointing to say the least. Uh, but hopefully as a, as a sport, Hockey can uh, help uh, change some minds and hopefully as a society we can get better at it. 
chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon. Just seeing this come across the wire now, John. Manny Viveros named the head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights, which is Vegas's soon-to-be uh, AH, or yeah, soon-to-be AHL farm yeah. club. Um, well-deserved for Manny. Good, I mean, good we know. Manny. Hmm? Good for Manny. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but, and I, I would assume that uh, what you can see in that is uh, a, a real connection to the All-Western Hockey League and Manny for his job uh, uh, in in the Western League and uh, and Kelly McCrimmon, the longtime owner slash coach slash manager of Brandon. So some good Western roots getting uh, moved into uh, suburban Las Vegas uh, to be the coach of the uh, American League team. That's good for Manny. Nice to see Vegas slowly, well, I say slowly. I mean, they had a pretty splashful impact as far as the Golden Knights go. But, you know, they're... they're furthering a hockey market that wouldn't otherwise be a hockey market and that's got to mean something too to see the AHL expand there uh, as well is that fair to say well I think what you have to do is, is look at the the overall impact of what that California slash Pacific division did in the American Hockey League what it did for the teams including the Oilers uh, was cut down travel allow for more practice time and better development for the the big club uh, Calgary was in Stockton so it, it just made some sense for Vegas uh, a western based team to go to a western based city uh, to join that that division I mean we keep hearing and there goes the tie line <laughs> We'll try and renegotiate contact with John here. In the meantime, a couple more questions to ask him, including that about Peter Shirelli's candidacy uh, for the vacant GM position in Florida right now. That'll be an interesting answer to get from John. And I say that because when Peter's time was done here in Edmonton, it seemed as though there was some rebuilding that needed to be done about his rep. Um, uh, reputation in some senses just with the approach that he was going to take because some of the late transactions again those were real head scratchers right you you can't look at um you know Eberly for Strom Strom for Spooner Spooner for nothing and think that that would be an appealing uh you know candidate in that breath but there's been a lot of time that's passed since so We'll see, uh, we'll see how much of a contender, and this is from 31 Thoughts, by the way, um, how much of a candidate that Peter Shirelli really is as far as uh, the vacancy down in Florida goes. Now, there's been some other names that we've talked about, and but I guess before we jump to it, it sounds like John's back on. So, uh, John, do you, do you remember that last thought? Do you want to finish it up? Well, just that uh, when it goes to the importance of the uh, that California division with Seattle going to Palm Springs, Prescott, Arizona is another one that has a really, really good arena of around 8,000. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone go there. There's always been talk about Vancouver, who are in Utica, New York. Will they go to Boise? So th that whole concept of, of growing and developing the game uh, in the Western U.S., in the Pacific Division, has proved to be a real success story for most of the NHL teams that are involved. John Shannon is our NHL insider. John, Peter Shirelli considered a candidate for Florida's GM vacancy. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Did he did he have to do a little bit of, you know, rebuilding of his reputation, so to speak, after his stint here in Edmonton? I know he had the, the time in St. Louis there. So what is uh, what are you hearing on that front? 
the, the list is getting longer and longer, and not just Peter Shirelli, but uh, Mike Gillis is now interviewed for the job uh, at some level, uh, in addition to guys like Sean Burke, you know, Lawrence Gilman, Mike Fuda, three former Panthers, Scott Mellenby, Sean Burke, the old goaltender, uh, and Kevin Weeks, another goaltender that played for the Panthers. So the, the, the list... Uh, of first-round interviews is uh, is long and extensive. Uh, the one thing I would tell you about uh, P Peter Shirelli's reputation outside of Edmonton is that he was a Stanley Cup winner, uh, and uh, there are people within the NHL office that uh, get consulted on on what Shirelli's resume is like and still support him. And so from that perspective, I know that might drive a few Oiler fans nuts, uh, but the fact that uh, Peter's on a list is one that uh, inside the hockey world, Peter's reputation is uh, a lot less blemished than it is in Northern Alberta. One more question for you, John, and then we've got uh, Oilers forward Patrick uh, Patrick Russell coming up right after this. But uh, as far hey, as good, da good Danish guy, yeah. a good Danish boy getting signed, that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. We uh, I want to ask you one more thing. Arizona, obviously, a GM search of their own. They've got the interim and in Steve Sullivan. That franchise is back in, in quite a bit of uncertainty, I would say, at least in the short term right now. Uh, this is one where they're in all likelihood going to take their time on the right candidate, fair to assume? Yes, I don't think. Listen, I don't think teams are in very much of a hurry at all right now. I mean, when is the season starting? Uh, your scouting staff is still going to be ready for the draft on the 14th of October. And Steve Sullivan can run the draft. Uh, so from that perspective, I think that uh, even a team like Florida, what they want to do in order to try to fix things, they want to get it right. They don't. There's no point in rushing, and I don't. I, I don't expect the ownership, which, by the way, in Arizona is very stable. Alex Morello has more money than a lot of people, uh, and uh, and they're trying to they're trying to reinvent that franchise in so many ways. They've got a good coach. There are some really good core players there. Um, so finding the right manager is imperative, but I don't think you're in a hurry, and I don't think anybody's worried about having him signed by Labor Day. John, appreciate the insight, my friend. we got to give way here to the player. Thank you for your time. We'll check in Wednesday. Right on. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon. Let's do this. Let's take a one-minute timeout, Cody. We'll bring it back with newly re-signed Oilers forward Patrick Russell, 1243 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott with you today. Bob back tomorrow. It's 1245 in Edmonton, and we're heading off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline to bring aboard the man that this morning signed a one-year contract extension with your Edmonton Oilers. It's Patrick Russell calling us, I believe, from Denmark. Patrick, thanks for joining the show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, of course. Congratulations on the contract. Are you calling us from Europe? Are you home in Denmark? Yes, uh, I'm home in Copenhagen, Denmark. Just uh, got here, yeah, what? A week ago, so it's it's good to get home and see family and friends for a little bit. What uh, is it? A little bit different over there with with the pandemic going on, or how are things on that side of the world? Yeah, it, it seems like uh, seems like we're moved uh, forward a little bit more than than in Edmonton, at least. Um, I think it hit us a little bit earlier here in Europe, and so we're a couple of weeks ahead, I, I would say. 
which will allow you some training time for sure. And you're uh, you're going to need it, man. You've got uh, the one-year deal, $700,000. So talk to me about why another year in Edmonton was the best fit for you and your camp. You know, I've uh, been with the organization for four years now. Um, I feel like uh, I, I fit in good with this organization. Um I like Tip as a coach. Uh, I like the playing style. I think he trusts me as a player. Uh, so I, I see it as a perfect fit, and I, I'm really excited to be back. Now, last year was the year, as we chat with Oilers forward Patrick Russell, that you really made the leap into pretty well full-time NHL action, Patrick. 45 games, five assists for you. Um, but your your MO was really uh, more of that hard-working, sort of bottom six, four-checking forward. Um, I guess that kind of makes you a really good fit in Tippett's system. Uh, just can you give me a thought on what playing in his system is like and, and sort of the responsibilities that come along with that yeah you know I've, as you said i've been the bo- bottom six forward uh, i obviously take a lot of pride in that um play hard get the pucks in um and i think that's what what tips uh tip uh, expects from us and and i really like that playing style it fits fits well to what i like to play and uh, it's been a good fit so far absolutely you know that this team is going to need uh, some contributions for a little or dollar amount in order to help round out, you know, maybe more of a, a deeper roster and, and to go deeper into the playoffs, Patrick. And are, are you able to watch any of the games that are going on right now and some of the style that you've seen and, you know, anything that you have identified, I guess, in, in the type of playoff hockey that's being played now that you would like to see transferred over to maybe Edmonton hockey next year? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good teams. Uh, I, I try to watch as much as I can. It's mostly highlights from my part because it's in the middle of the night. But, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of grind. It, it's just play-up hockey, you know, hard physical plays. Um, and I think I can can do that style of play. And, and I think that you can see from my early years in Bakersfield that I take a step in the right direction every year. And hopefully I can do that next year too. The team, Patrick, is starting to follow that same trend as well, a step in the right direction. Uh, obviously, with the new coach and the new general manager in the last season, I think you guys probably um, exceeded expectations, maybe even for yourselves and getting as far as you did, but it'll be expected to continue year over year, I would think. So maybe just your take, having spent the, the 45 games of the regular season with the team over the last year, um, can you talk about the growth of this young core and of this Oilers team since your time in Orange and Blue? Yeah, it's as you said, it's a process, right? It doesn't just come from overnight. It, it's a process, a process that takes time. Um, I think we we got some good young players that even came up, uh, Yamamoto and and um, Bercy and those kind of guys. So I think the the future looks bright. And and with the we, we need all kind of playing types uh, players on the on the team. And I, I think we have that. It, I think it looks good. And hopefully, we need to build on that for next season as well. Chatting with Oilers forward Patrick Russell. Big Body just signed a one-year contract extension, $700,000. Um, as far as you being maybe a bit of a mentor in this upcoming season for some of these younger players who we're going to start to see or continue to see, Patrick, uh, transition from Bakersfield into the NHL system like you had, um, you know, what, in your own experience, like what is your, your biggest pieces of advice to some of these youngsters coming up and adjusting to the intensity of the NHL style of hockey? You know, just uh, yeah, as, as you said, I 
I feel like I have a good relationship with a lot of those guys just from, you know, knowing what they what they've been through in Bakersfield and come up and, and they just need to play their game, uh not try to be anyone else, just be be them out there, try to do what they're good at, and, and I'm sure that you'll see a lot of good players coming out from Bakersfield. Is there a bit of buzz around the team, uh, around the dressing room, knowing that you guys are having sort of an injection of your own, you know, homegrown youth and, and some players like your Caleb Jones and your Ethan Bear and your soon-to-be maybe a Tyler Benson, a Ryan McLeod, that sort of thing. Is that is that causing a bit of excitement within the organization, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, it's, it shows that... Uh, that it's possible, right? Um, to to have a good year in Bakersfield, to develop down there, they've done an amazing job in Bakersfield developing guys, and and it, it gives you know the younger guys that are in Bakersfield some motivation to show that it's it, it's possible uh, to have a good year and then come up and and play your own style and contribute to uh, in the NHL. Chatting with Patrick Russell here. And Patrick, I'd like to get a thought from you on what Jay Woodcroft is as a coach down in that system. Um, for for these young kids, I understand he's a real players coach. What is your experience with Jay? Yeah, he's uh, a great coach. Uh, one of my favorite coaches of all time. Uh, he's uh, He pays attention to detail, uh, which is super important at that level as as everybody is trying to develop into becoming an NHL player. And I think that's that's been a really big part of why you see so many young players uh, taking this next step up to Edmonton. Um, credit to the entire coaching staff down there, absolutely. They pay attention to detail. They take you in. They show you video and, and do all the, the little things that, that's needed. I'll ask you one more here, Patrick. Um, as far as what you're going to, when you come back to Edmonton and it's training camp time and it'll be a weird circumstance, uh, sort of regardless of how it looks when the next season fires up, what is one thing that maybe you didn't bring to the table uh, in the last season that you would be looking to uh, bring to the table this season and beyond? Something that you'd really like to improve in your own game? Uh, you know, I, I think I just need to sometimes play with a little more confidence uh, trust in, in what I do out there and I think that comes with being around the NHL longer and uh, for another season and may, hopefully I can I can bring some more offense to the table but still not take away the biggest part of my game in being solid and, and physical and heavy to play against so yeah it all more often that, that would be nice for sure <laughs> you know the coaches would love to hear that Patrick Russell thank you yeah. so much for checking in from Denmark I look forward to seeing you when training camp starts awesome thanks for having me Absolutely. Patrick Russell, a big part of the depth of this team last year. Maybe not so much in 2018-19, but in 2019-20, he was a player in the Oilers that as far as a fourth-line right winger goes and the ability to get in there, cause a little bit of havoc. I mentioned 6-1, 202. You know, he's not a a small guy by any stretch of the imagination. And you're seeing the impact around the playoffs right now, and this is sort of what I was getting at with him, is, you know, the third and fourth-line contributors, guys like Chan, Chandler Stevenson say, let's look around to a guy like, uh, boy, hey, Radic Faxel was mentioned in that audio vault of ours earlier. Like these aren't necessarily point producing guys, but we'll go out there and you're noticing them on a night to night basis in big games. So I'm not necessarily trying to equate uh, undrafted college free agent Patrick Russell to that. But if he's somebody in the regular season that can provide a spark, um, even in, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes of ice time, go out there. Uh, 
do puck retrievals, you know, go go in and make it hard on the defense for a few minutes. That, to me, is the role that he seems to be embracing, but also a role that they very much need him to fill at that dollar value, Cody, because... Again, this is a team that isn't going to be out of cap trouble this year, possibly not even next, and particularly not if you're going to try and add uh, maybe a longer-term stable option in between the pipes, right? You need somebody at one year, $700,000, to do a job like Patrick Russell can. He'd be the first one to tell you, too, that last year didn't go as planned for him exactly. But you got to remember, I mean, this was a guy who in college was very good at St. Cloud. I think he had 41 points his sophomore year, I want to say, before he actually left for the American League. So he can bring a little bit of that offense. I feel like he didn't find his rhythm last year. I mean, I get it. He didn't have a great start or anything, but he's still a depth forward. And obviously the Oilers see something in him. If they're saying, Hey, this is a guy that we see in our bottom six and contributing Mm -hmm. in that bottom six. And here's the other thing is because you don't necessarily like, he doesn't strike me as the type of person with an ego. And he even said it right there that he embraces the role. You, in my opinion, as a team, particularly in the stretch drive of a season, are way better off having um, serviceable NHL bodies in that 13th forward man role. If you are scratching a player who you're trying to develop in a 13th man role, you are going to hamper his development. I really believe that. But Patrick Russell is sort of your perfect swing man in and out of the lineup. Maybe you need a little heavier of a, of a chase, so you, you put him in for a game. And then maybe you don't the next time around. You would, would rather have more effective power play time, so you put Chase on in on your fourth line right wing. You know, it's, it, these are the kinds of options that I believe sort of make more Um, it's more from the model of the perennial contenders than it is for the perennial rebuilders. Now, I can't remember who said this or maybe wrote this, but they were saying in regards to Patrick Russell, one of the reasons why his transition might not be so smooth is that in Bakersfield, and I believe it was last year, he was almost a point per game, and he was playing like a top six role. And so... Once you get used to playing those power play, big minutes, a lot of offensive ice time, transitioning into a different role in the NHL, there's definitely a little bit of a learning curve. It's a hurdle to get through. Which is made worse if you're adverse to accepting a lesser role as a scorer, right? If if you're okay with going out there and crashing and banging and picking pucks off of the other team's stick the way that a Kyler Yamamoto does all game long, uh, that's great. You know, that's that's something that I want in my lineup. So um, that is what, the sixth contract that we've seen handed out since the 2020 year started? I'd have to go down the list, but, you know, think about your your Cassians and your Haases and your Nile. These guys are getting extended, right, because of continuity, it, it's not income. It's not. Uh, I don't think is as an effective an approach of a team to to keep cycling guys through their bottom six and hope that something sticks. Right. You you eventually just have to kind of commit to some players that you think are going to embody what you want to do there, and then let them go do it. Case in point, Boston. I, I, like how guys like Sean Corrali fall out of the, out of the woodwork for that team. You know, these aren't high draft picks. These are guys that go out there with work ethic and and forge NHL roles. Now, Patrick Russell, at 27 years old, may be the player that he's going to be. Maybe he isn't a 10-goal-a-year guy. Maybe he's not an 8-goal-a-year guy. Doesn't mean he's not a serviceable player. I like the signing, and that is far from the last move we'll see out of the Edmonton Oilers. Cam Moon, as we shift our focus after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. 
And then Reed Wilkins at 135. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen today on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.